Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Today, we're arguing about which is the better obscure Marvel movie in Phase 2, Ant-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy. In this episode, you're going to get major spoilers for every movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as well as minor or abstract spoilers for Pumping Iron, the episode of Saturday Night Live hosted by Chris Pratt, Interstellar, Chappie, Back to the Future, the Batman vs. Superman trailer, Thomas the Tank Engine, Jurassic World, Star Wars Episode 4, Rocky, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Inception, The Big Lebowski, and a McDonald's commercial. You know, eventually, Marvel is going to have a Cars 2. <laughs> they can't be on top yeah. forever. You know that scene in Pumping Iron when uh, that guy's talking to Arnold about how, man, the wolf at the top of the hill is not as hungry as the wolf at the bottom of the hill, you know? There are wolves on a hill? Yeah, because he's talking about how it's an Arnold, analogy, you see. Arnold keeps winning the Mr. Olympia convert. Which wolf is he? He's the wolf at the top of the hill. Okay. And this uh, other bodybuilder saying that Lou Ferrigno uh, competing. The Hulk. Bodybuilder, the Hulk, yeah. That he's going to win that year because he's at the bottom. He's more hungry. He's more determined. Arnold's gotten all comfortable at the top. So he's the fat wolf. Yeah. What does and the hill have to do with having eaten? This king of the hill. Oh, oh. <laughs> now there's a king. Let it be. So it's a wolf king. Let it be. Yeah. yeah. So in this analogy, Arnold's the wolf king, and he says, <laughs> "Yeah, but when the wolf at the top of the hill wants food, it's there waiting for him." Ah. Uh. So, which sounds like a strong rebuttal when he says it, but I don't fully understand it. At any rate, <laughs> Arnold won. Arnold won again, and <laughs> Marvel won again with Ant Man. I think a lot, some people were speculating, "Oh my God, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. is going to be the one to." That's finally going to take. This is their descent into trash, yeah. garbage, and then if Cars not, too. yeah, if not Guardians of the Galaxy, which it wasn't clearly, <laughs> right, <laughs> turned Guardians. out to be quite a success. People thought right. Guardians would would be, yeah, yeah. So if you happen to miss that, people liked Guardians of the Galaxy. If you a hadn't lot. seen it, people yet. also you thought that about the first Thor. They're like, how are mm. they going to do Thor? Yep, and it you can only ride that Marvel high so long until you. Yeah, it even led. SNL to do that skit about Mar- how Marvel can't fail and they're going to make movies about uh, a bunch of shopping carts and <laughs> fancy ghosts. With the Guardian spoof? Yeah. And Pam. Who's Pam? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Pam will gross $3 billion. <laughs> yep. Uh, so then Ant-Man comes along and I remember thinking to myself, well, I'm excited, you know. It seems fun to me. I'm a fan. It's a Marvel movie. It's a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the buzz around the office, if you will, mm-hmm. the proverbial yeah. office, mm-hmm. was that the people... water cooler talk. They were skeptical of Ant-Man. They yeah. were all going, what? I don't understand. So he talks to ants? I mean, what's going on? He gets small? <laughs> what's, is this Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah. It's a pretty ridiculous premise. It but is. And the trailers, when you watch it, you see him running around with ants. <laughs> yeah, I like how subtle. It's almost like they're sitting in a boardroom. I like to think of those Marvel studios as sitting somewhere and going, "Well, we might as well get it out there in the open that he talks to ants." There's no <laughs> way around that. Let's just be honest and let people know that. But at the same time, if we can try to make it seem as l- the least amount of stupid we can put into a guy who talks to ants, and they—if you've seen the movie—they actually achieve that at least to as much as you possibly right. can. With they, a yeah, they're they kind of aware. They're aware that it's ridiculous, so they make fun of themselves a little bit so we can all laugh about it. Yeah. 
But then by the third act of the movie, you're into the idea of him working with the ants. Right. At least I was. Yeah, and I think <laughs> a big credit is that people love Paul Rudd. Yeah. I mean, he's so great, so you're kind of like on board with whatever he's doing anyway. Mm-hmm. If this was like a, a new actor you weren't aware of. So that's kind of why we're here, right? We, we've got this new movie from Marvel that seems obscure and bizarre, and you think to yourselves, why? Yeah. <laughs> and they say, well, we can do it. We can make some money. We can create some new characters that'll be lucrative to our universe. And yeah. they say, who do we get to cast it? Why don't we get this funny guy, Paul Rudd? People like him, right? <laughs> Which so, is funny because up until now, they usually favor lesser known or unknown right. actors. So we can compare Ant-Man of this year to last year's Guardians of the Galaxy right. with just as obscure and just as bizarre bringing in Chris Pratt, who everybody loves, and they think, hey, we can replicate that magic with Ant-Man. Right. And seemingly two movies that are stepping away from the the formula they've been doing with their other comic book movies right. at this point. And in the way of that uh, digression from the typical Marvel formula, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man are the most similar in their unlike, you know, to each their, other. Yeah, in their lack of similarity to the other Marvel right. movies, they've yeah way more comedic beats, way more of a self awareness and a kind of like just taking the the weirdness of it and running with it while trying to maintain the integrity of the. We're actually also making a serious movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when Iron Man came along, it was like, oh, man, this thing's as much as an Iron Man movie can be grounded in reality. And I think that's what people identified with, not necessarily in a Christopher Nolan sense, but it was like, it was believable. <laughs> but then we got right. out of the belie- believability pretty dang fast. And Beck agrees with this. Right. Because that right after Iron Man, we had Incredible Hulk, which wasn't the favorite at the time, but they were, they were excited because it was another Marvel movie and they knew what was coming from it. Then we had Iron Man 2, which was a little more fantastical. And then the big jump was Thor when it just went right way out there. Out into outer space. Yeah, way way out, out there. there. <laughs> and there's the fuzzy line between outer space and like, um, is it another dimension? It's are another these realm? actual gods or are yeah. they aliens? I don't really... But anyway. Aliens. They, yeah. I think he's an alien. Technically aliens. He's like extraterrestrial. That. It's like, like Superman. He's yeah. like Kal-El. So, or Kal-El, however you want to... I like Kal-El. That's Sounds DC, like, though, so we can't acknowledge yeah, them in this DC. podcast. I like DC. So, the, uh, you know, the, the Marvel pantheon has already wrung out all of its first-tier characters that they have the rights to. And they even started with... People forget this now because Iron Man is so uh, much a part of our culture, but pre-Iron Man the movie, Iron Man wasn't really a household name the way that he is. No. no. I never heard Not of him. Not at all, yeah. And Robert Downey Jr., who's that? Certainly when you start to get to characters like Thor, uh, even as someone who read, like was an avid Marvel comic reader in my adulthood, I didn't really read Thor or maybe some Iron Man. These are like Marvel. They're certainly not on the level of like Wolverine or X-Men or the, yeah. the characters that people know about when they tend to think of Marvel characters. Yeah. Spider-Man. If, if I can be real with you. For <laughs> could you? <laughs> if Please. we can get real. I'd prefer if, it. If we could be honest for a moment. <laughs> I We're not going to be honest for the rest <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, just expect the rest of it to be just lies. Um, if we can be honest for a moment, I think that these obscure movies are uh something i'm more excited about than the 
than the rest of the franchise. Oh, really? Do tell. <laughs> I think that uh, the more popular characters, such as Spider-Man or if we can reference Batman in the situation, guys like Iron Man and Captain America, they're, they're the more household names now. Uh, and they're the kind of characters that are going to experience reboots in the future. Yeah, because Soon as they're this, never going to give up on those. Characters. I mean, how many how many times have we seen Spider Man? Now it's we've had three. We're on to our third different Spider Man yep. coming up soon, mm-hmm. and we've already had <laughs> seven different Batmans, right? Yes. So some of these more popular characters, they're just going to get repeated, and I think just to death. I I I'm at a point where I just how can I care about Spider Man anymore? If we're gonna if we're gonna invest into one franchise just for them to kill it and start another one, it's like, well, what are you what are you doing? I can't commit to this. And they happen so fast now. Yeah, it yeah. used to be they these tremendous lapses in time from like the freaking Batman and Robin to Batman Begins. At least it felt that way. Right. Spider Man is just so quick. Yeah. From With, Andrew Garfield to this new kid. Within the timeline that it would have taken to make Spider Man four, we had the Amazing Spider Man, which is a complete reboot. And certainly within the timeline it would have taken to make Amazing Spider-Man 3, we'll have a completely new Spider-Man, a completely new franchise. Right. So these characters have already been rebooted so many times, and it's kind of inevitable that as soon as this Marvel universe comes to a close, they're going to reboot Iron Man at some point, and then they'll reboot Captain America with someone else. And at that point, I'm thinking, how am I, what are we doing here? And yeah. so you get these obscure characters like Guardians and Ant-Man and you think these aren't as strong of a character that they can just keep repeating it and and just kind of killing yeah, the, drill it the into fun. the dagger yeah. dirt yeah. So I feel like we get to enjoy these movies for what they are and we can continue to look back at them and say yeah that was great I'm glad we're not trying to recreate that. Maybe at least not for a long time Yeah, if they you do. suspect that after whatever it might be Guardians 3 or 4 or at the, by the time Guardians get woven into the proper Avengers movies, if that ever happens, uh, it'll probably that'll probably be it for at least right. a while. For at least a long time, yeah. yeah. Because how are you going to reboot something like Rocket Raccoon? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? He's going to look completely different. We've yeah. got a take on Rocket Raccoon like you've never seen. Or like we barely saw. It. We, yeah. we don't not even familiar with the first one. Right. So we get to enjoy these yeah. movies for what they are. And they're fun. I think that they Marvel made them the right way. They don't take themselves too seriously. It's almost like instead of being an action and adventure movie with comedic relief, it's like a comedy with action adventure relief. That's true. Certainly yeah. the case with Guardians and mm-hmm. yeah, and Ant Man. I I kind of felt like Guardians is a little thicker with the comedy than Ant yeah. Man, but still they both have that tone that kind of fun tone is it seems like the marvel movies they played the humor a lot less in the beginning something like iron man had funny moments right but it wasn't you didn't think of it like oh it's hilarious like the way people talk about guardians certainly a movie like uh the first avenger had very few comedic moments it was more like a prestige picture like a inspirational type thing right, right. and then avengers had a lot more yeah that's what i was gonna beats. say when it by the time you hit avengers the the comedy was way more woven in but it still felt like a, it still felt primarily action adventure yeah but you're kind of surprised like they're gonna make a joke about galaga or you know <laughs> the the moments that people really remember about right those. that galaga thing i yeah. think that the is it the second stinger for the first avengers that was great where they're just oh, sitting they're around eating, sandwich, eating, yeah. eating falafels yeah, or the, something. The, yeah, or the shawarma. Shawarma, yeah, they're eating shawarma. That was great. Yeah. I think that Avengers, they they were 
smart to throw in those those comedic cues. I think a lot of it was just trying to play off Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Who yeah. who just gets Bethany just rolling on the floor? Oh with my laughing. gosh, she can't freaking handle yeah, it. He really does. There's a, She's there's so a, generous <laughs> with her laugh. There, yeah. was, there was a controversial statement in Avengers two where he said he was going to reinstate Prima Nocta, and we thought, whoa, that's that's dicey. That is dicey. And Bethany's over there laughing her head off. And we asked her later, she do you know what that means? She's like, no, he's just so charming. <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay. Oh, yeah. Bethany's great. So she's it, not here to defend herself. She's not, but it's interesting that the Guardians was the funniest Marvel movie so far. But when you read the stories of Guardians, and if you haven't, you can imagine they don't read it like a comedy. Somebody took right. this story and said, let's make this funny. Let's not take it I seriously. Know, let's make it I funny. I wonder who's most to credit for that if that was like James Gunn's vision from the beginning to be like, we're really going to make it. Was it that had to do with Chris Pratt, or was that decision what made Chris Pratt a likely? I think that they the it was probably both. They said let's cast someone who can bring in a lighthearted tone, right. and then play off of the comedy they're good at. And so I yeah. think that the Guardians did that really well with Chris Pratt, and then Ant Man did that really well with Paul Rudd. You yeah, know, yeah. It, a lot of it to me feels like more of this pendulum swing toward a lot of the retro things that revival of retro themes and tones in movies we talked about this in an episode a while back where um stylistically a lot of movies are starting to emulate older movies and now it seems terribly original like people watch interstellar and they have never seen anything like this and you're like this is just like a 70s yeah sci-fi movie i think tarantino's been doing for years yeah exactly and i think now that's starting to even permeate a lot of our huge big budget studio movies where something like Chappie comes along and everyone's flipping out about how god awful it was. But to me, I was just like, this just really feels like it's weaving in a lot of like retro uh, themes and tones, and people just aren't looking at it. I think with the right lenses, but Guardians pulls off it, pulls it off perfectly. It almost feels something like I don't know, Back to the Future, or you know what I mean, where you're taking like a sci-fi right. adventure concept and it's like a wild ride. And it's not meant to be rid- ridiculous. It plays like a serious movie, even though it is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they're just like, it's yeah. balls to the wall with the fun and the funniness. Yeah. I think that Guardians, in a lot of ways, is very Star Wars, but it's also in the sense that they managed to bring in these retro vibes into, it's not futuristic. It's like a parallel galaxy far, far away. Yeah. That, ga- that Guardians is taking place in. Right. But like you bringing in this like cross pollination of retro and new technologies that kind of blend really well together yeah because they're playing into that whole 80s vibe or 70s that he was taken from yeah the 80s 80s yeah 88 or something yeah and then the, the obviously the soundtrack is a huge piece of that but that soundtrack is great yeah, that's just a, a brilliant decision that you know that soundtrack sold <laughs> just a tremendous amount of records yeah. uh even though so many of those i mean mo- most p- music fans in general, it's not like that's the first time you're hearing those songs, but against this backdrop, it's just like, man, what a unlikely choice, but boy, does it fit something about it really brought a, yeah, it works. a color to the movie that made it feel even more yeah. retro in a good People way. People credit the, the success of guardians to its great soundtrack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it even tied into the story of star Lord and his journey yeah. and what he was doing is the songs were sense. like, grounding him and like yeah. all these things so and it how, was great on every level yeah and how brilliant for whoever assembled that essentially just a mixtape of old songs they didn't have to write anything new 
Yeah, they, sure. just got, they just went through yeah. the old collections and said, these songs are all great. Let's use these. Yeah, and thank God they did because it would have been dumb to have, uh, I mean, like one of the, no offense to Soundgarden or Chris Cornell, whoever wrote that song for the Avengers credits. Right. I was like, oh, God, this is dumb. <laughs> no offense, but your song's really <laughs> dumb. Uh, so Guardians, we all like. Spoiler alert, we all love Guardians, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, it's great. Yeah. I think it's one of the, I think it's top three right now for me. Marvel the the trailers looked fun, and I went into it expecting it to be taken itself a little less serious based on the trailers, but I still don't have high expectations for it to be like this amazing movie. But at the end of it, I was thinking I really enjoyed that. Yeah, as far as enjoyment and even the the way the movie, how well the movie was made, I would have to put it at the top of my Marvel list, not at the very top, near the top, somewhere yeah. in Agreed. somewhere near the top. Agreed. Yeah. I would easily place it. That's another podcast. Probably third or something like that. Yeah, we'll do another podcast on that. But the thing is, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy did its advertising campaign so effectively that a lot of people were like, whoa, it's so weird, but I'll see it because it's Marvel. It's almost like Marvel knew the legitimacy that they had with their own name. So they didn't feel a need to clobber you over the head with everything that's in the movie and every concept. And they didn't even really give you too much of what it even feels like thematically to watch it. You just understood that it was an action movie. It's really oddball and off the and kind funny. Of, yeah. And then when you see it, I felt like that was what everyone said. Whoa, it's even way better than I thought it was going to be. And uh-huh. how much more fun is that? Than yeah. Being the promotion like, yeah, was just, so great because I watched all the trailers a lot on that one because I was excited for it and I didn't feel like it really hurt my experience. The Guardians trailers? Yeah, yeah. the trailers for that. It was they like, they held oh, a man, lot back so the advertising yeah. campaign to their own benefit yeah so now ant-man comes along and that's where we why we thought it was effective to compare these two movies ant-man just came out and uh well you know we liked it both summer releases of obscure marvel stories with kind of gambles yeah yeah funny main characters and both of which we really enjoyed is that isn't that right yeah so and also they were released after a major marvel one so last year guardians came out after cap 2 and this year, Ant-Man comes after Avengers 2. So you're kind of like, I already got my Marvel high. Let's just go see what this other weird and thing man, is. Man, that's yeah. a really clever strategic move on their part to be like. It's almost riding the coattails of exactly. the movies. Yeah, exactly. and it's like the bookends lead you to those movies, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, judging by the absolute awful, insensitive, and selfish morons sitting around us and talking through the movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, we had the worst experience in Ant-Man. <laughs> um, where I'm, I'm trying to recall the movie now and all I can think about is how angry I was at the people behind us. Oh, it was so colored so poorly. And if you've listened to our episode about how you're supposed to behave at the movies, the reason that we didn't leave because they didn't really get going until halfway through the movie. It was like a crescendo of nothing. And every now and then yeah. it would stop. Yeah. And then come back with a it's, hit joke. Yeah. It was almost the worst kind because it would get just enough to be unbearable, but then go away a little while. So right. you'd be like, oh, maybe that was it. And then ugh, I, I turned around, gave him the side turn, gave him the Seinfeld side turn, then I gave him the full turn, then yeah. I gave him the eye roll. None of it worked. You I gave made him the eye, eye contact. Roll? Yeah. And it didn't I'm, work? I made eye contact and then I threw my head back and exhaled. And yeah. None of it worked. I made uh, when I turned around one of the times. I think it frightened one of the girls. It was a bunch of teenagers or preteens yeah. that were there. Uh, one of the girls that was with him, I think, got scared and said, "Shh, you're making them mad." <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I turned around and made eye contact, and the guy looked away real quick, but he didn't stop talking. No, he was Can't free, man. His parents weren't there. He was living it up. 
Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, judging by the reactions of these absolute idiots behind us. <laughs> Let's talk more about them. <laughs> they seem to like it. and They, they loved it, man. They yeah, seem yeah. to not only like it, but they were picking up on and reacting to every Marvel reference and then debriefing its connection to the Marvel Universe. In real time, as the movie was playing. Yeah, which is just an awful crappy thing to do, but it does give us some insight into the fact that clearly these uh, fans, based on their clear dialogue I could hear over the movie, they weren't familiar with Ant-Man, but they were there out of loyalty to the Marvel Studios name. Um, And Ant-Man, to its credit, did a lot to associate itself with the rest of the marvel universe especially the avengers yeah and i feel like marvel to this at this point has been so strategic and slow and steady in building out their umbrella franchises or their tentpole franchise uh that uh they don't really have to shoehorn crap in there that doesn't fit and play it really heavy they can actually move it naturally into the flow of the movie and it makes sense because it only takes having one character come in and out and have a few lines that you know you understand the connection to all the other movies. Yeah. Whereas when Iron Man 2 first came out, one of the big critiques was like, oh, so much of this is just in there for the sake of Avengers, like putting Black Widow in there and all these right. different elements. That but was pre-Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. And they had, yeah. sh- had Cap's shield in yeah. there? Yeah. yeah. So in this one, you know, when you have uh, Hank Pym, who has connections to Howard Stark, and you have a Peggy Carter cameo at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And yeah, you got yeah Stark Senior. That was great. Yeah, and then the the new Avengers compound being mistaken for what was previously <laughs> a, a, yeah. a Stark yeah. warehouse <laughs> that brought in Falcon. Like all that stuff felt, at least yeah. to me, really natural it was and good. effective yeah. in the movie. Yeah, I and think as it that went on, it like it told the story. It was like yeah. important to the plot. Yeah, I think that uh, Marvel realized a lot of the commentary from other films that came out after Avengers, where like Captain. Captain America 2 they're in this huge crisis and you're thinking well why didn't they call the Avengers why is it just Captain America and Falcon doing all yeah. the fighting and then uh, didn't that happen some, similarly with Thor or some other one where Thor yeah. 2 they're always having to explain where yeah, like, Iron yeah, Man where, 3 they're they have like, to subtly say yeah. where's where's Iron Man where's Hulk where yeah why can't you assemble them uh, but in Ant-Man when um, Kirk Douglas no Michael Douglas yep yeah. Michael Douglas is explaining to Paul Rudd what he has to do. Paul Rudd turns in his chair and says, you know what the first thing we should do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> call the Avengers. <laughs> so That's serious, great. too. Let's I'm glad the that, they, that Marvel said, let's take this opportunity to acknowledge that they should always be thinking about the Avengers, and then we'll explain it away. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the, there's even <laughs> a, a bit of a commentary on what happened in the events of Ultron uh, as a critique of the Avengers. You know, that they're still kind of... Uh, or oh yeah, uh, the critique of yeah. the their legitimacy as a world peacekeeping, you know, front right. city. Out yeah, of the how Hank Pym doesn't trust them. He wants to keep the technology safe, and they're too busy dropping a city yeah. out of the sky. Yeah, which is yeah. great because it helps to it helps to put building blocks in place for future movies without it being, without it feeling at least to me like oh god they're just piling this on there so they can set up more stuff. Whereas, you know, in the DC sloppiness that they're doing now with. Batman v Superman to the justicing of the Justice Squad. Yeah. Like you're just like, well, it's too late to do this now, and you can't you can't fit seven different characters into your first movie. Slow down for a second. Right. To be fair, we haven't seen it. yet. We haven't seen it, yet. and you know what? I'm I'm gonna go see it. I love Zack Snyder. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. really love Man of Steel. 
Um, this isn't a DC podcast. Right, though. you're right. Let's get this back on track. So what is it then? Because I remember if uh, memory serves, we came out of the theater and we all agreed that though we really enjoyed Ant-Man, um, we would not place it at the top of the Marvel list the way no. we would Guardians. Unlike yeah. a friend of yours who wanted to make sure yeah. we knew he my friend ivory was just texting me before i went to do this podcast and said did you guys see ant-man are you going to talk about it and i was like we're actually about, just about to record a podcast and he said it was by far the best marvel movie <laughs> Man, he loved it so yeah, it's just weird so <laughs> yeah he had a different experience than us maybe those kids behind us just yeah, that could maybe be this a, is the best marvel movie and we just can't tell now we'll never Dang, know man, which is all I the more that. reason to be respectful at the movies and quit being so selfish selfish you listener <laughs> maybe those kids are listening you know who you are punks i'd love that if they were we should have turned around and said you know who we are i couldn't even finish saying that they don't know who we are and then when they said no we've never heard of it I'd be like oh you should check it out it's on itunes <laughs> <laughs> check it. it's pretty good. Uh, you might like it we're gonna do a podcast about this movie you're gonna come up i think that maybe some of it had to do with uh I don't know. The pacing of Ant-Man was a bit interesting. They it was fast. It was fast, and the first act um, did not feel... It's it's hard. It's hard to, to let it exist on its own terms because it's so integrated into the Marvel's uh, you know larger quilt. <laughs> right, where it can't really exist in its own style. It has to kind of fit into that form, unlike Guardians, who are pretty separate. They're in another galaxy yeah. where they can kind of create their own mold and style for how yeah. the movie unfolds. Yeah. But Ant-Man had to feel more Avengers. Yeah. And even in tone, it felt like they were playing some of the comedy a little too close to the chest in the first act of the movie. And then it opens up a bit more as it goes on. And we'll obviously probably never know how much of that has to do with Edgar Wright's screenplay and the stuff that right. he well, wrote. Paul Rudd got a writing credit. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it, it was a pretty troubled production and it went through a lot of different changes and it was the ant-man idea and with edgar wright being attached to it has been around all the way back to phase one yeah i remember they were back yeah they were at comic con before like when iron man was going on showing test footage of like a little guy running around on a gun and stuff like yeah he got screenplay credit and story credit right so he was around at the beginning so some of that stuff you see and you're like that feels pretty edgar wright i wonder if that's a holdover when they're trying to establish an emotional connection between the audience and Scott, Paul Rudd's character, uh, it's almost like they were keeping Paul Rudd from being funny in moments where comedy probably would have like right. uh, buoyed the the pacing of it along a little bit. It started to feel, I hesitate to use a word like slow because that sounds too harsh, but it just, it wasn't really thrilling uh, for a while there. And you're kind of like, oh, it's a little funny here, a little exciting there. And then it, picks up more and more steam the third act was a blast yeah that was good at least i thought whereas in guardians it kind of from moment one when you have that great sequence uh where uh star lord goes into that empty you know that derelict planet and he skews up uh come and get your love right and uh he's dancing alone the tiny like the wide shot of his tiny figure dancing with yeah. a giant title card a giant title you just, card you're and like oh roll, this is what we're doing they roll yeah. credits around him and yeah. like, this is great we can tell f- from the beginning the tone is going to be it's going to be fun yeah yeah whereas ant-man almost it seemed like it was trying to do the exact same thing 
uh, after the prologue. So you get this prologue with Howard Stark and Peggy Carter and this fishy Hydra guy interacting with uh, Hank Pym. And it starts more abrupt than any movie I've seen in recent memory. Right. It goes from the last trailer to bloom, and then you're watching it. Yeah, there was no production credits, nothing. It just started. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. Here we go. So that seemed like weird, but it was okay. I was was tracking with it. It was interesting. Then as the Marvel card, studio card, starts to play in the little animation thing, it's playing some kind of like mariachi music, and and then uh, you see Scott in prison in this in a punch- fist fight. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like oh okay now we're getting into the more goofball. I right. mean, in a good way tone, but it kept fluctuating back and forth between trying yeah. to be dramatic and trying to be lighthearted. I think that fist fight was trying to set the tone where this guy is tough, but he's also not your common hero. Yeah, where yeah. he's he's going to be more comedic and. He's not going to take things seriously. Yeah. And you just don't know what to expect because they were buddies. Right. Twist. Twist. The guy punching him was his friend. Yeah, man. This is going to be a wild ride. And then they surround uh, Paul Rudd with these comedic minorities. Oh, all their, all their, every single line from them is supposed to be a punchline for something. Yeah. Which is, it was good. They were great. They were funny. They had some great moments. But it almost seemed like it kept Paul Rudd from being as funny as he usually is. Yeah, it felt like they would take a break sometimes from the story to cut to those those three friends and the just goofballs. do some comedy bits and then yeah. come back to the story. And then Paul Rudd's having to play straight man to their comedic right. relief. Right. Uh, so then when you get into all the moments that had um, Hank Pym, which Douglas is Hank Pym? Michael. Michael, Michael Douglas and the chick from Lost. Then Paul Rudd, Lily. She, I mean, she's great. He's great. But then Paul Rudd gets to be the funny guy, especially during the training sequences, which training sequences are always fun. The yep. montages of him mm. trying to jump through the keyhole and everything. Kept getting scared of the ants great on stuff. the ground. But it felt like yeah. uh, when they finally go to execute the mission, which is the climax of the movie and the, the point of the movie, which is great. It was really focused. It didn't try to get right. too broad. It was a heist. By the time they get to that heist, uh, you're like, this is this is a lot of fun now. And the action sequences were great. When they finally made it all the way to the his daughter's bedroom, uh, then there was like a, it felt like a really good, strong marriage of the comedic moments and the action right. moments. That's where you get the Thomas the Tank Engine yeah. scene. Thomas, man, he's making his way into the last couple of episodes. <laughs> yeah, let's write that down again. There's Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we're, we're spoiling Ant-Man. Do we have to spoil Thomas? <laughs> Thomas I wanted to see the buffer. Well, I remember <laughs> sitting in the theater thinking, well, here it comes. Here comes that scene from the trailer where he's fighting on the train. And I'm thinking, is everybody right. really going to laugh as much as they do during the trailer? And sure enough, sure. Oh, yeah. they, they sure just, did. it's like they were prepared to laugh. Which is interesting because they took the other two really strong punchlines from the teaser and the first trailer. They're not in the final cut of the movie. Right. The right. moment where... Uh, Hank Pym says, become the Ant-Man, and, and Paul Rudd's like, is it too late to change the name? Yeah. That's not in the final in cut. There. The moment where he says, I'm Ant-Man, I know it wasn't my idea. That's right. not in there. But they, they did something similar with Falcon, and he said, I'm Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Ant-Man. Maybe you've heard of me? No, you haven't heard of me. <laughs> Which, that was great. That yeah. was Paul yeah. Paul Rudd. So they still played into some class. of those those. uh like punchlines, but differently, which I appreciated. Yeah. Even that scene where he says, my days of breaking into places and stealing stuff is over. Mm-hmm. It's like they changed it. They threw in some cuss words just for the theatrical release. Yeah, and the the addition of swear words made the joke funny again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, 
Kept it fresh. Yeah. So I appreciate. I I don't love when trailers cut scenes. When movies cut scenes that are shown in the trailer, because it kind of throws you off. But I I think that I can make an exception for this one because it it makes it seem fresh again. Yeah. Because it, it didn't change the story. Like a big one for me in Jurassic World was uh, when in the trailer you see. Chris Pratt and um, Jessica Chess. Bryce Dallas Chess. Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> yeah, people made that mistake. Jumping, uh, jumping off of the waterfall into the water. And you get to that scene and they're standing up there thinking, well, they're going to jump in right now. And then they don't. They walk away. And they go, well, what the heck? They very much <laughs> do not jump in. They don't jump in the water. Not at all. The kids jump in. They walk thinking, away calmly. Yeah, yeah. Very dry. And so when you recognize that difference from the trailer, you're thinking it's throwing you off and like, well, why did you even show that to us? But with Ant-Man, it's the same punchlines told differently and thinking, okay, they're not changing anything. They're just making it fresh again. Right. Is, so they probably put it in there because Ant-Man sounds dumb. Right. They were trying and to get people like, to see okay, the movie. we're aware that it sounds dumb and we're going to address that in the movie. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Which Come is really in. clever. But this brings us to an interesting thing about the trailer, uh, which makes another great case for why trailers are dangerous in the first place is that the fact that that Thomas the tank engine scene is in the trailer told me this scene this uh climax hasn't reached the apex yet because they're going to end up back right. at the daughter's right. room and the yellow jacket is going to be there. Right. So I know that he can't be dispatched during this heist. I know he's not going to survive uh, that he has to survive the helicopter crash. I right. know he's not really dead when he's in the bug zapper. Which those might all be predictable things anyway, but it's so specific to know, oh, now he's going to go to the daughter's house cuz we got to get Thomas the Tank Engine in. Yeah, here. there's going to be a climactic fight here. Do you see Thomas the Tank Engine in her room before? They no, but just the look of it, you it see her like in her room, room before, yeah. and I recognized that it was the same place. I thought yeah. maybe for a second when they were fighting by that family's pool. Yeah, it might have right. been in that house. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it was pretty evident right away that they were making their way there, which is, you know, it's kind of a bummer because then I was like, oh, I kind of know where this is going because I've seen the trailer. Right. Do they ever use the name Ant-Man in the movie? Yeah, do they ever they, call him Ant-Man? Your Ant-Man? I'm yeah. Ant-Man. Oh, he does with Falcon. Yeah. I already said that. It's more yeah. of the Ant-Man, like the, the title Ant-Man. of the weird urban the legend. Yeah, the so they refer to him, yeah. And he yeah. even says, become the Ant-Man. You know? Right. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's not maybe, as bad as him running around calling himself Ant-Man, I guess. Right, maybe when Ant-Man returns, he'll be have better branding and he'll refer to himself as Ant-Man. Yeah. It would uh, be funny if Paul Rudd does it, though. What I like about uh, him as conceptually, though, is even though he has this connection to S.H.I.E.L.D. through Hank Pym, is that he's not a Captain America or an Iron Man. He's ill-equipped. He's barely qualified. I mean, he has some knowledge of, like, tech stuff, which yeah. makes him a little well, better than the average Joe. He pretty intelligent when he came to tech stuff. Which is, But I'm just saying it's great. Yeah, he's not like degree. this. He's not a you know, a rich th- philanthropist that's like a prodigy in engineering and all this stuff. Right. He like stumbled into this position and he's actually an anti-hero. So it takes way more cues from classic genre movies where we talked about this before, where you take a guy who's like down on his luck and you want him to rise above his circumstances and then you give him an incredible opportunity and let yeah. him yeah. do all these things and get the girl at the end. It's like the Luke Skywalker or, right. the, but he or was the Marty McFly. Or the he, Rocky. <laughs> he was <laughs> write more stuff down. He was down on his luck because he chose to do the right thing morally and break the law because of it. Yeah, so, he's a, but even that, it was like almost like an act of vigilanteism. Yeah, he, burgled he was a guy. vigilante. He burgled him. He burgled. Burgled. Burg, burg, robble, robble. <laughs> he was like the hand burglar. 
Can you write that down? I want to put that. <laughs> what, what is that spoiling a McDonald's commercial? <laughs> yeah, you might not know he steals hamburgers. If the spoiler it was him the whole time. <laughs> the striped outfit <laughs> and the mask doesn't give him away. All right. So the best part of Ant Man to me was Paul Rudd's performance. He yeah. was fun watching it, and he was he like was, a great character. He was believable as the hero. I think that they tried to set us up for that with all of his burgling in the beginning, the first act. I think this the smartest directorial moment that I'm and I'm given credit to Peyton Reed, assuming that this was all because of the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the there, so you the the heist builds into it goes through several movements. You get the heist in the facility, you get in the helicopter, you go to this family's poolside, and then to the daughter's house. It's all a really fast, fun ride. All all throughout, it, you get great moments of what it's like to fight small. Which is like, honey, I shrunk the kids, just so I, yeah. fun to I, see. I kept thinking that too. It's very, honey, I, honey, yeah. shrunk the kids. When they're in the, this isn't the moment I'm talking about. When they're in that like briefcase and they hit the phone and the cure starts playing because someone accidentally says disintegrate to Siri. Yeah. That was so yeah. fun. It was great. Yeah. And uh, the way that they kept like shifting the perspective to remind you how small they were and how dinky the fight was. Right. It was just a lot of fun. Like the Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. Thing, yeah. So it's getting increasingly bizarre and so weird as this fight goes on. One of these discs hits an ant and a giant ant like runs yeah. out of the house. Right. Uh, so, but the... Again, the, very honey, I blew up the kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fight ends on a more of a like a melodramatic moment where he's almost lost in another microscopic dimension he makes his way out he reunites with his daughter they beat Uh the bad guy and then there's a moment where you get a wide shot of an exterior of the house where the fight took place and there's just this giant thomas the tank engine through the wall and a huge ant just runs through the the frame like don't forget this has happened (laughs) exactly as if to remind us like but at the end of the day this movie is really this kind of movie right when uh, when they kept alluding to this another dimension that you could fall into as you shrink, like you keep shrinking, keep shrinking, right. and you don't know how to get out, I kept thinking, well, what do you mean, like Inception? <laughs> <laughs> and he's got to get his way back out so he can get back to his kid. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Man, I, was, I felt bad for Scott when he was shrinking forever, I, yeah. and then I couldn't help but feel bad for the original Wasp. You think shrink, he would have? She's shrink. apparently still shrinking. Yeah, you, <laughs> you think he would have looked around for her, but I guess she wasn't. In it doesn't work like Inception, where they all end up in this same bizarre yeah, dream she world. She had been shrinking for decades, man. She's, she's a lot smaller. Yeah, she's still shrinking. She's somewhere in the ocean where that missile fell. Yeah, yeah. or inside a molecule inside that. Surely she's starved to death by now. You can't. Survive. Yeah, do you just right. die of natural human. causes while you shrink? <laughs> Yeah. Are you impervious to the L- L- Well, you're outside of time and, and space, they said. Yeah, so then you can't start. I guess maybe starvation going into a different in a sequence. situation altogether. I don't know. Maybe right. time slows down like an in inception? Yeah, I don't have these answers, guys. <laughs> maybe that's okay. for part two. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's acknowledge the worst part about Ant-Man, which was definitely the villain's acting, that antagonist. I don't know if I agree with you Cross. on that, actually. Oh, he was so bad. Frank? Frank, Frank? I don't know. Was that it? Frank no, Cross. Darren. Derek Dar- Cross. Darren? Yeah, Derek. Darren. <laughs> I don't D know. Cross. D Cross. DC. <laughs> this is what, this is my pros and cons it, about the bad guy. Uh, his Darren yellow jacket Cross. suit was cool. I thought that was neat. No, the, yeah, the, the yellow jacket suit was cool. Yeah. But he, as an actor and as an antagonist, was so, it felt so contrived. Like I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. buying into it. I wasn't convinced by him that he was kind of seemed evil. all over the place. He was all over the place, and his acting just seemed so weak. Almost like they just, they just 
got in some family friend that they owed a favor to and said, sure. You can oh play my this God. <laughs> well, well he didn't that. enjoy a tremendous amount of character development in the, in the no, movie. He had you, to like get certain places like, okay, maybe he's crazy because he's been working. Yeah. Around they kept saying, down. Oh, I was his mentor, but he wasn't good to me. It's like, well, we didn't see any of that. Yeah. It's We're just taking you on your word and I'm not buying anything you say anyway. Marvel <laughs> seems to do two types of villains. Um, and one way more than the other. The first being the way that, uh, um, what's the, what's the, uh, the, uh, the big Lebowski's name <laughs> for some reason he slipped my mind. John Goodman. No, the, the big Lebowski. Oh, the, he's in the big Lebowski though. Yeah, he is in it, but <laughs> what, what are uh, we talking the actor, about? The actor who plays the big Lebowski. Oh, Jeff Daniels? Jeff, yeah, Jeff Daniels. Not Jeff Daniels. That's dumb and dumber. Jeff Bridges. Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Good so, Lord. What's wrong yeah, with us? <laughs> hey guys, we're movie experts. We run a podcast. <laughs> so anyway, you got Jeff Bridges in Iron Man and he's like the double crossing mentor that works with Tony Stark and they you know they've been friends ever since he was a kid and he uh-huh. turns out to be um warmonger with the scar from or the, the cigar. iron monger or whatever can't trust anyone with a cigar so and that that was Unless what they Wolverine. were uh, the, the other type of villain is someone like the red skull who's like this larger than life you know comic book villain or the chitari uh so Loki falls more into the you know, the Jeff Bridges thing, and then you got th- people like Red Skull or Thanos, you know, that are just a larger life villain. Um, it seemed like this cross guy they were trying to do the Jeff Bridges type of thing, uh-huh. a little more humanity, a little more like he's a normal guy that's been corrupted and is on the inside and is double crossing someone he was close to. Right. But we didn't really see any of that happen. We didn't really get into. No. We didn't really connect with any of his development. Even so, I don't hate him as much as Tyler did. In fact, I didn't even really think of him as all that troubling. I thought that the the idea of the character was fine, but I just had I didn't have any problems with Cross as a character. Just the just I think I was just too distracted by the char- the actor playing him because I just for whatever reason I just wasn't convinced by it. so many the so many times he would deliver a line and I thought to myself, well. I don't find that intimidating or convincing. <laughs> oh, he didn't scare you at all, huh? <laughs> I, just, I, just, I think that they could have done better. So if you were Ant-Man, you wouldn't have been intimidated by no. this guy. I just kept no. shrugging about him. I was like, I don't care. I don't care. Put yeah. on the suit. Didn't, no, I don't care. Didn't yeah, that. he was a lot cooler as the yellow jacket in the suit. But leading up to it. I Did I hear Matt Hughes correctly that he's in House of Cards or something like that? I don't, I don't I know. I thought I, I heard care. Matt Hughes say that. But you know, Matt Hughes says a lot of things. He yeah. does. Yeah. Uh, um, so, you know, w- what do you think? We don't have to do like the, f- the full rating of all the Marvel movies, but if, if you're looking at it like a thermometer and what, what range are you Ant-Man falls? Yeah. I say Ant-Man falls somewhere in the middle. I think I enjoyed it more than like Thor two, but it wasn't as good as the rest. Mm. So it's I agree with that. Certainly if we're comparing it to guardians, I'd say guardians is better. Right. Yeah. I would also say Guardians is way at the top, as we said earlier. And then Ant-Man is like middle bottom. Middle kind of bottom. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know that middle bottom? Middle bottom. You got yeah. top, you got middle top, you got middle. Yeah. You got middle bottom and bottom. Yeah, and there's other subcategories there. We're oh. just going to throw them in the middle bottom. Like a middle, middle bottom? <laughs> and if you, middle bottom, you bottom. can shrink <laughs> into this rating scale forever. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps can. getting... <laughs> That's but where Wasp is. the right little ninja <laughs> star, you can get out. She's in the rating scale somewhere. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that Guardians was stronger. What what I love so much about Guardians is that they managed to bring together this 
like diverse cast and make them actually share the screen really strongly and share it well together. Uh, and the comedy that they managed to accomplish felt more um, felt more natural. And it was there was a little more subtle. It played more into all of their characters. Yeah. With with Ant Man, the comedy was it was it was great, but it was like you'd have to cut from the story, have some comedy, cut back yeah, into the story. It was pretty touch and go. With Guardians, it was all just it just was fluent. Yeah. Where it was all in it's, there together. It seemed like I don't know great. if this was the James Gunn thing, but it seemed like somebody <laughs> was overseeing the writing and the production and the filming and everything all together to have one big vision that was all super connected That's and well right. put the together. Director's job. Well, I know, but it seems <laughs> it seems like Ant Man. Maybe this was the thing with the creative the creation team changing. Yeah, well, Ant Man had two different directors. Yeah, it seems like somebody stepped in. Somebody already had some ideas in place, and then he had to put his ideas on top of that or, or something. You know, mm-hmm. if that might not, that might not have been what happened, but could seem like that yeah. some people are just loving it though not just our friend ivory uh james gunn himself the who directed guardians of the galaxy said it was his favorite marvel ant man mm-hmm. well ant man's a lot of fun it's definitely acknowledge ant man's so much fun I, no it was great it was you great. should if you're listening to this i don't know why and you haven't seen it you should go see it because it's yeah. really good i'll say this to ant man's credit uh it, you know, uh, even just aside from me enjoying it as a movie, it's a lot stronger than some of the Marvel sequels because some of those Marvel sequels are fun only because they get to ride the steam of what they've already done. Like Thor 2 for, is the easiest example to me because it's near the bottom for me, if not the bottom. I still really enjoyed it just because I like Thor and I like yeah. the franchise. Yeah, they great. But, uh, Natalie Portman? Yeah, Natalie Portman can't she argue with that. <laughs> That's a name. It. She was in it. <laughs> But uh, Ant Man was definitely way stronger than that. Had its it was way more original. Had its own yeah. vibe going. And I'm, I'm more excited to see more Ant Man than I am some of those classic characters. Like if Thor Ragnarok finally gets around to finally coming out and seeing some of it, I'll definitely be there. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But I'd m- rather see more Ant Man. Right. Yeah, point. we've seen Thor develop as much as he can at this point. Right. Uh, you know, all, he, all he can do differently now is die. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> yikes! I mean, because he's already beaten all the bad guys over yeah. and over again. We've seen who he's. He might get buried, I guess. But you know, yeah. and I love Thor, and I'll be there too. But just, man, there's oh, so much possibility. They're not going to make a, another Thor, right? That's the word. They're just going. He's just going to keep showing up in Avengers. He's supposed to have a third movie, Ragnarok. They've been talking about it forever. Well, yeah, I thought. I thought that. I thought that third movie was just speculation. No, it was on the schedule, and then when they got Spider-Man, the uh, schedule got rerouted. Now it doesn't right. have an official release date. Yeah. Well, going back to the Guardians <laughs> and Ant-Man <laughs> comparison, I think that if you're comparing Chris Pratt and Paul Rudd's performances, I think Chris Pratt's was stronger. And I think that... Not to that, Paul Rudd's discredit. No, not to, not, no, certainly not to Paul Rudd's discredit. I think he did Ant-Man really well. Um, but he didn't have as much room to breathe as Chris mm, Pratt did. Right, Chris Pratt had Chris Pratt had a lot more to work with. But I think that that also plays into Guardians' success because that was the movie of the year last year. Just yeah. a huge explosion, just a phenomenon. Everyone went to see it. Ant Man isn't performing to that same degree. Right, it's people well. are, people are seeing it, but it's certainly no. Yeah, Gar- it's not a phenomenon. Yeah, it's no Guardians, and I think that a lot of that is. a is a credit to Chris Pratt because for whatever reason, he's so charming. Everyone loves him. Probably and what's the same the big reason. movie this year. Yeah. He's just on fire. Right? Jurassic, Jurassic world, yeah. world was great. Uh, so I think that audiences like Chris Pratt a lot more. Well, he's, ho- he's hotter right now, man. 
He's hotter. We've seen Paul Rudd in a ton of stuff. Paul's yeah, been Rudd. We've been had Paul Rudd since, since Clueless. Yeah, we've had him around since Friends and that video game commercial. Video game commercial? Yeah, he was in a... I think he was advertising Nintendo. That's what you remember about Paul Rudd. That was like his know. first appearance on the You sure what Mario screen? you're talking yeah, about? That's, that's not as memorable to No, me. we're not going to... Okay. <laughs> Friends, huh? He married <laughs> Phoebe. <laughs> Uh, so there's there. Let's end with this uh, talk. I just want to hear what you guys think about this. There's been some talk. Peyton Reed was saying that um, they're interested in making a prequel that focuses on Hank Pym as the Ant Man. And there's that opening uh, prologue in Ant Man where they've used the miracle of computer generation to make him look. Yeah, how are going to cast Michael Douglas for that? Younger. <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, is are they going to do that for a whole movie, or is like, because we got a nice shot of Paul Rudd doctoring a, a wound without a shirt on in this movie, and you're like, it's almost like there's an obligation to say, even though this guy isn't Thor or anything, I need to know what's going on under that shirt to confirm that he's superhero right. physique. Right. They had to do the same thi- same thing with Chris Pratt. Yeah. 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 When he was in the prison after he got washed. They yeah. had that flexing scene. We get mm. the same type of scene here. Look, look, he's strong. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, all right. He's a hero, trivia. right? <laughs> you guys? Fun <laughs> trivia. Uh, all when right, they, all right. When they made the suit, Paul Rudd was still working out, and they had to make the suit bigger because he got too big for mm, the original Go, suit. Paul Rudd. Oh, boy. Congratulations. Yeah, he did it. He's nice to look at, too. Handsome. Yeah, man. I don't want to like see him. that. I don't want to see that Hank Pym movie. Okay, no. you won't go see it. Huh? I, I mean, I will. I just don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd's the best part. You take him out, I think it will suffer. I'm interested what Paul Rudd's going to be in Civil War, and that's such a serious. I think concept. he'll be Ant Man. Yeah, well, yeah, he, <laughs> he's definitely going to play Ant Man. <laughs> It'd be I weird if he played somebody else. I can confirm that for you right <laughs> here and now. I think it'd be hard to do a prequel at this point because our momentum is s- strongly moving forward, and like, why focus on? anything that happened previously to Ant-Man. Let's just keep moving. Uh, so you heard it here first, Peyton. Don't don't bother with that prequel. Yeah. We're not interested. Um, but we'll we'll definitely give you, between the, the three of us, like 30 <laughs> bucks or whatever it so is to go see. So that stinger at the end, that, that reveals that Ant-Man is going to have a part to play in Civil War. Yes. Because we have to assume we were singing a, seeing a part of Civil War in yeah. that scene. Apparently that's actually a sh- a footage from... Civil War, the movie. Shoot. You mean they're already filming? That's right. That's a lazy bookend, man. Goodness. (laughs) And Wasp. Right. Evangeline Lilly, you think she'll show up in Avengers? Mm -hmm. I I felt like that was such an accommodation to the angry fans and feminists that want a uh, female, a strong female lead, which is totally fine. I'm all for it. But they even have her say that line, you know? About time. It's about time, and it's like. I think yeah, that we get it. People they're they're trying to make up for all the feminists angry about that prima nocta comment. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's a little too late. They didn't hear that. <laughs> they were too, laughing. Too at little, all. too late on that one. Downey's charm. But hey, guys, know that Bethany approved. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or the RSS feed at youhatemovies.com. Also, feel free to argue about movies with us through our Twitter account at You Hate Movies.